Hey guys, welcome to Ringsiders Wrestling. Jamie and Callum here, and today we are joined by the most marketable man in wrestling, Richard Holiday. Hello, Richard. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. I'm, I'm doing really well. How's everybody uh, on your end? We're doing good as far as uh, as we can do with the way the world is at the moment, but uh, we're rocking and rolling. Excellent. Appreciate your time anyway. Uh, you're where else are you anyway? You're in you're New York, you're in or something? Or? I'm in Connecticut. You're in Connecticut. Very nice. Um, no, we appreciate you coming. I know we haven't got a lot of time. Um, obviously, we'll talk MLW. Um, but I wanted to start off, first of all, because um, it's a guy that we've not really spoke about before. Uh, you're training in the business. Um, Paul Roma, I believe. Um, how did that all begin? How was that? Yeah, Paul is is the one who who obviously trained me, and uh, it's well documented. And you know, Paul is a really polarizing figure in the world of professional wrestling. So to get trained by him um, was was definitely quite the experience. And you know, he was he's a guy who was was very outspoken, um, very outlandish, and you know has a bit of a reputation in wrestling but i think that's what makes him so unique um but of course that's all outside of the ring that's that's background noise inside the ring you know he's one of the best wrestlers um you know that i've ever watched and if you watch him and his actual you know technical skill and and you know how he performed his craft he was you know at the top of the game um and really a golden era of wrestling so you know to learn from him it w- was was tremendous and you know to pick up a little bit of his mannerisms and his personality and his the way that he, you know, carried himself around the business definitely trickled down to me, and I appreciate that. Yeah, I, I was going to say I do actually see a bit of his mannerisms in the way you present yourself in the ring, uh, not so much in like your promo style and stuff, but the way you carry yourself. There's definitely a bit of Paul Roma there, for sure, for sure, and I I think it's probably you know habitual just because. I was around him for so long. Yeah. Still, um, so th- there's going to be a little bit of Paul in, within my work, and I'm happy about that. Yeah, definitely not a bad thing. Like you said, he is one of the greats. I mean, in, in that era of wrestling, definitely one of the greats. And it's someone that like, we've spoken to quite a few people. We've never spoken to someone trained by Paul Roma. So I found that quite interesting anyway, um, because there's so many wrestling trainers in the world, especially in North America, uh, so many good trainers, and it, I, I guess it sets you apart that you've had that, um, like that different start to your training. Um, coming up with Paul Roma, it gives you a bit of an edge, something a bit different. Yeah, it's definitely you know a lot of a lot of promoters were definitely intrigued by that, and you know I think anytime you say that you're trained by somebody to the caliber of of Paul Roma, then you know there's a certain level of respect. Um, yeah. that, you're, that you're going to get um, and probably a bit of trust um, along with that because they know that I'm going to be trained properly and trained right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't care what anybody says as well. I mean, Paul Roman was a four horseman. You know, you can never take that away from the guy, right? Absolutely not. I mean, he etched, he etched his name in history. He's a four horseman. If you try to take it away from him, you simply can't. Uh, he's he's a very underrated guy. I mean, I used to say I grew up. I'm, I'm 36, so I grew up watching that era. Um, I used to love watching him and Jim. Was it him and Jim Powers, and then obviously him and Hercules. Um, and just such an underrated guy. Such a great look. 
Um, yeah, I, I was a big fan of Paul Roma. Um, obviously, it was the Paradise Alley Wrestling School once it was. I know they was in the news not long ago as well. Um, wasn't somebody trying to shut them down or they were being accused of being something? Yeah, really a peculiar situation. Somebody who, I guess, viewed um, Paradise Alley as adult entertainment. Um, and, you know, you can kind of read between the lines of what adult entertainment means. And, yeah. you know, said that they were discouraging, you know, people under the age of 18 from attending or joining. And really, it was just a, uh, a big mess. And, and I think it was just somebody who maybe doesn't like professional wrestling all too much and just wanted to see it die. But yeah. um, that got squashed very quickly. And uh, Paradise Alley is back to running events and, and training students, which is great. Excellent. So it should be as well. I'm obviously moving on. Before we talk MLW uh, and Dynasty, um, one person in particular we had on a few weeks ago who speaks very highly of you, and um, we spoke to Aria Blake. Um, ah. The minute the minute we mentioned your name, big smile on her face. Yeah, um, she did light up when we mentioned Richard Holiday. So um, big big fan there in Aria Blake. <laughs> I suppose. I guess so. Um, I mean, she was a uh, former Dynasty member. She had a, a brief little stint within the Dynasty. And, you know, uh, who knows what her thoughts were when, when my name came across, but I'm flattered to hear that nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, no, she uh, she said she, she was very complimentary. She really enjoyed working with you. Um, so I, I had to make sure we got that in there. Um, her little face lit up when we mentioned your name. Um, so we had, we had to get that in there. Um, but obviously, MLW, I mean, we're huge fans. Uh, how did that come about? How did you first get in there? Well, uh, they originally were based pretty solely out of Orlando, and me being based out of Connecticut, um, an opportunity presented itself when they made their debut in New York City. And when that, we were having some brief communications beforehand, and logistically, it just made sense to wait until the New York debut, so that's what we did. And, um, you know, I wasn't uh, a contracted wrestler for them uh, when they came to New York the first time um, or even the second time. But, you know, the, the first two times that they came to New York, they had me on the card. Um, I obviously impressed. And after the second time, they confirmed what they probably already knew and that I was a superstar in the making. So they signed me, and, and here I am about two and a half years later. Um, the Caribbean champion and one of the most talked about wrestlers within the entire organization. Yeah, the uh, again, I've got to ask as well. The Caribbean Championship, um, I, I I love it. I, I just absolutely love it. Um, is the plans to defend that some more when the time comes up? Absolutely. I mean, that's what a champion does: defend his title. Yeah, I, uh, I I'm looking forward to. I want to see you and Savio Vega got it at some point. Well, truth be told, I'm not so sure that Savio necessarily deserves a chance at, at the <laughs> championship. However, if he does formulate a reasonable reason um, for him to get a shot at my title, I will entertain that thought. But for the most part, I'm looking at new challengers. I'm looking at new experiences. You know, it's I'm elevating this championship um, past the point of where people ever thought that I could take it. Mm. You know, I... I think the heavyweight championship and the openweight championship, you know, with uh, all due respect, are the championships that people talk about the most when they reference at Major League Wrestling. But mm. 
over the past couple of months, uh, maybe the better part of a year, I would say that the Caribbean Championship is is just as much talked about, if not more, um, just based upon the intrigue um, that's been placed behind it. So yeah, I take full credit for that. I definitely agree with that, especially in recent memory. It definitely has been spoken about on like the same level as the World Championship. Yeah, I, and, and keep in mind, we're living in a time where nothing really seems like a big deal anymore. Yeah. Um, things are flashes in the pans. It's here today, gone tomorrow. Um, major championships hold their weight. The Openweight Championship, the Heavyweight Championship, Tag Team Championships are going to hold their weight. Um, but the Caribbean Championship was very easily something that could have been, you know, in one ear and out the other. Mm. Um, but I didn't make it that way. And I made it special. And I'm going to continue to make it special as long as I'm champion. Uh, on that same sense, I mean, like you say right now with the Caribbean Championship, you've, you could say you've brought <laughs> a lot of importance to it. Um, would you say there's more truth in the championship makes the wrestler or the wrestler makes the championship? I think the, the wrestler makes the championship. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I, think, I think there's certain scenarios for both um, arguments, but, you know, for me, you, you could have put, let's take the Caribbean Championship, um, you could have put that on somebody, um, really put it on anybody else. Does it work? I don't know. I, I don't think so. Mm. Um, you put it on me, I make it work. Um, you know, when it comes down to a heavyweight championship, well, it's going to take a certain performer in order to be in line for that heavyweight championship title match anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to say that the, the, the man makes the championship, and that's just my opinion. Yeah, no, totally, totally agree. Um, obviously, with the current state of the world as well at the moment, uh, with not much going on. I know some companies are... Uh, are doing shows and um, social distancing and whatnot. Um, is the plans at all for MLW to start going back at some point? Well, of course. I mean, it's all over Twitter. The MLW restart is upon us. Um, we're going to get ready to to take over the world of pro wrestling again and, and start getting episodes of Fusion out there to the consumers so they can watch. Um, obviously, we signed new deals throughout the pandemic. We're on DAZN. We're on FUBU. We're still on BN Sports. We're international. We're all over the place. So, um, content will be created, content will be released probably sooner than you guys think. So I would just be on the lookout and know that uh, Major League Wrestling is coming back in a big, big way. Excellent. Yeah, we get it in the UK. Uh, I think it's usually a Monday night at about one o'clock in the morning. So I'll, um, I will keep my eyes open for that one. Um, it's, it's usually it's one of my favorite shows to, uh, to watch during the week. Um, it tops a lot of the other shows that are out at the moment. It's the one that I look forward to. So I'll be keeping my eye out for that one, of course. Um, another name as well that I wanted to ask you about, obviously, the guy behind the scenes, uh, Court Bauer. What's it like being working with Court? Well, Court, I believe, is a bit of a mastermind of professional wrestling. I think, you know, he's been in the business for so long and has such great experience. And he wants nothing but the best for MLW. I mean, when it first, you know, the kind of the, uh, the restart of MLW came back, um, you know, a few years ago, and it started out as just one show, um, mm -hmm. a one-night-only deal, and then it kind of exploded into something way bigger than he ever imagined. But part of me likes to believe that he did imagine it because, you know, we've come so far and we've done so much in such a little period of time that 
you know, there has to be some sort of evil genius behind that. And, and Court has done an excellent job recruiting talent and putting on the best product that he possibly can. And, you know, it's a pleasure working for him. And, and I trust him to, you know, do what's best for the company going forward. Excellent. No, yeah, again, yeah, I mean, I, I follow the guy on Twitter. He's, he's very friendly with the fans as well. He's very responsive if you, if you, you comment or you mention him. Um, you always get a, a reply off him, which I think is really nice. Uh, he seems to really listen to the fans and take on board what the fans are, are enjoying. Um, yeah, he's like a good guy. Um, speaking of good guy, I know, I know Callum you know, asked uh, Ari about this one. We're going to have to ask you the same thing because what was it like working with MJF? Well, it was great. I mean, me, me and Maxwell are, are very close. We're like-minded individuals. Um, you know, he's, he's a friend of mine, and, and we keep in touch still. Um, but it was great to work with Max. You know, he's such a polarizing person and character. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, share the screen with him and, and share the spotlight with him was fantastic. He, he's one of those people where, I've said it in every interview where we've mentioned him, um, uh, it's almost like... It, it's almost like there is no character with MJF. I'm, I'm sure there is in real life, but to me as a fan, when I'm watching it, it, I can't imagine him being anything other than what you see on TV. And I think that just goes to show how good he is at what he does. Um, and I, I get the same, like uh, I get the same feeling watching yourself too. And I think it's why you both gelled so well together. Uh, like your characters are quite similar; they have the same interests, the same demeanor. Um, it must have been cool working with somebody like MJF um, and being able to do that, like really old school heel, you know, tag team that you were doing. Because I don't think there's many people in wrestling nowadays who get the heat that you two got. No, I, well, I mean, you know, Maxwell and myself were just ourselves. Um, yeah, I, I don't believe that either one of us go out there and, and put on a charade or put on an act. Um, what you see is very much what you get. A lot of people say that in wrestling, but I think in, in Max's and I's um, situation, it's the truth. Um, it's, you know, that's who we are. Um, and, and we got along well. So, you know, how he treated others was really um, indifferent to me. How I treated others was indifferent to him. And, you know, we got along well and, and we still do. And, and that was kind of the dynastic dynamic that, that him and I had and that we shared. Yeah, uh, so what was um, obviously I've seen Twitter today and I've seen people complaining and, and, and this and that like they always do um, about. I don't know if you seen the segment last night with him and Jericho. Um, so many people complaining. Uh, me and Callum thought it was fantastic, didn't we, Callum? But I, well, one, I love musicals. Two, I love wrestling. Yeah. So that was just that was perfect for me. Well, I don't know why. I did catch a clip of it. I didn't watch it live. I saw it on Twitter. And I don't understand how somebody can complain about somebody showing their talent, somebody right. being different in a world where so many people try and be the same yep. um, and, and be entertaining. And, you know, the consumers who are complaining about what Max and Jericho did last night are just uneducated. They're looking for any possible reason to complain. Yep. And those are the people that are pushing the business backwards um, yep. because they don't allow um, – what, what they feel is, you know, correct. They don't know anything. They just want to formulate an opinion, go on Twitter and complain. And, you know, my, my hat was off to Jericho and, and Max seeing what they did last night. I thought it was exceptional. Um, 
both obviously uber talented individuals and mm. honestly anybody who complains is just an uneducated consumer in my opinion yeah they, just, they don't really have the right to have an opinion yeah and i say this as a wrestling fan but um one thing wrestling fans love to do is find anything to complain about and that's myself included at times i'm guilty of that too um but it seems like there's some segments which are just made to be fun, and that's what last night was. It was just fun. It was showing a bit of diversity, something a bit different, and I loved it. And you'll just get the fans coming on going, oh, I thought AEW was meant to be serious. You know, it's like, no, not all the time. Just go with it, you know, have some fun for a change. But there's, there's those fans who just can't ever get past that barrier. And they'll just complain about everything all the time. So it's quite frustrating, even as a fan. Yeah, man. Consumers are are sometimes the worst. They 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 take the fun out of wrestling. Um, yeah. You know, by uh, you know, trying to express their their opinion and and think that they're right. You know, um, it's just something. It's a detriment of the business, and it's something that unfortunately I can't. I can't tap into every consumer's minds and tell them to just sit back, relax, and enjoy the product for what it is. If I could, I would, um, but I can't. So, you know, with anything in life, there's going to be negativity. There's going to be people playing. You just kind of have to tune them out. Yeah. Yeah, you can't please everybody, especially not in wrestling. But as long as the, you know, the majority of the people are enjoying what you're doing or what's being, being presented, that's the main thing. Uh, you you're never going to get the the casuals, the hardcore fans, everybody agreeing on the same thing. I, I can't ever recall that happening even once. <laughs> It'll never happen. Yeah, no, I, I I just don't understand it. I feel like, to me, wrestling, it's a, a form of escapism, you know, especially with the way the world is at the moment. I, you know, I can spend a couple of hours just forgetting what's going on, and wrestling does that for me. I'm... I, and I just don't understand the people that complain. I, I really don't get it. Um, sorry, Richard, I've got my cat trying to attack me. <laughs> perfectly fine. I'm not a cat person, but, you know. Yeah, well, I, I'm going off mine at the moment. So. But then, obviously, before we start to wrap things up as well, um, there's one person I have to ask about. I was looking at your um, uh, uh, matches you've had, and there's one guy who stood out to me, and I thought, oh, we've never really spoke about him. Um, you wrestled the Blue Meanie, am I right? I did. I did. Yeah, what was that like? Um, it, it caught me by surprise. It was a Mance Warner mystery opponent uh, <laughs> um, in the ECW arena. So very nostalgic for the consumers wow. in attendance that evening. And, um, you know, it's uh, really unfortunate the way that that match concluded. Um, I just tried to have a beer with Mance Warner and, you know, he... Uh, he decided to spit it in my face, and and Blue Meanie picked up a uh, a victory against me with a with a, a huge asterisk next to that. But um, you know the Blue Meanie, uh, he he's done what he's done in, in pro wrestling, and I'm sure, you know, it was probably a thrill for the consumers to see such a style clash and such a, a, a generational clash um, within the confines of the ECW arena. So um, fun yeah. experience. Um, probably more so for the consumers than myself. Yeah. What was it like? What was it like for yourself actually? You know, competing in that arena. And um, was there a special vibe? No, it meant nothing to me. It, it was um, <laughs> it was just any other venue to me. I, I didn't really watch ECW growing up. 
Um, never really a fan. So, um, you know, that, that was just how I looked at it. But, I mean, I guess it was, uh, you know, anytime you're a part of wrestling history, I think you have to appreciate it. So um, it, it didn't really strike me as a big deal, but I did appreciate the history. Right. Yeah. And obviously, obviously, before we, we let you go, we wrap things up. Um, what does the future hold for Richard Holiday? I believe the uh, the world is your oyster. Well, it certainly is. And I think with the MLW restart upon us, I think nothing but great dynastic things are going to be coming my way and, and making it onto the consumer's television screens. You know, as I continue to elevate the prestige of the Caribbean championship as Hammerstone and I continue to dominate, um, you know, the ratings within major league wrestling. And we are the two most talked about people, um, in that organization. And, you know, we're going to continue to be the, the standard bearers, uh, the, the flagship performers, the, the names on the marquee. And that's, what's important to me to keep driving MLW, to keep getting these strategic partnerships, to keep, uh, putting us in different consumers homes throughout the world. And to get us on major networks like DAZN and FUBU and major publications where people can stream and watch us. And it's all about uh, continuous progression and, and <laughs> getting there. Um, and that's what's in store for me. So I have, you know, a, a bit of uh, I, I carry that weight on me to to make this to make MLW special and to make it um, something big within the marketplace. And uh, every time I go out there, I feel like I do that. And hopefully when the world uh, reopens at some point, will we maybe see you over in the UK? You know, it's possible. It's it's very possible. Never say never within pro wrestling. Well, that we look forward to. Uh, obviously, then, before we, we wrap things up, Richard, do you want to promote anything? Plug it, social medias, merchandise? I would just say to the consumers, go ahead and follow me on both Twitter and Instagram, at Most Marketable, same handle on both platforms. You can go to my Pro Wrestling Tea store, type in Richard Holiday. There's two L's in Holiday. Or you can go to MLWshop.com, pick out some of the great options that you have on there, including a very dynastic coffee mug. Well, I, you've just sold me there as a, a, a coffee guy. I think I know what I'm going to buy you next. That's going to be a, a dynastic coffee mug. <laughs> yeah, it will certainly bring um, a lot more dynastic vibes to your morning, afternoon, and evening coffees. I'm sold. I am sold. But on that bombshell, Richard, um, we can't thank you enough. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, hopefully we'll get to do it again sometime. But for now, uh, enjoy Connecticut. Enjoy your coffee that you was making. And we'll see you again down the road. Thank Good you. Buddy. Speak soon, gentlemen. <laughs>